it is Jeff and Joe, as always, back with episode number 22, the Saeed Ben Rama episode, as we were talking about. <laughs> um, missed last week, which is okay. Life gets in the way sometimes, but happy to be back. And honestly, much happier to be doing the podcast this week than last week, I think. Yeah, I, th- I think it was better. Better we skipped last week. Missed a lot of... Uh... There's definitely going to be a, a lot of emotional takes that got put off, at least. I might have killed um, you last week. I think we talked about after 21 that that was the most at each other's necks we've been in an episode, which I think is good, yeah. honestly, for the podcast. Because we've, um, I think, especially in the Pellegrini days <clears throat> and early Moyes days, like going back to like the 21-22 season, We've been very on the same page with things, which I think is natural. But as we've moved away physically and also as we've grown as fans, I think uh, we argue a bit more these days, which I think is good. Mm-hmm. But um, I feel like the arguing happens a lot more. Like, I'll check my phone at halftime and I'll see a text from you and I'll be like, man, like get the hell out of here with that. <laughs> and you're like, you don't know what you're talking about. And then it's, yeah, get a little bit of that more on the mic. Um. Yeah, but yeah, thank God we have the Arsenal win to talk about, dude. Because the Brentford performance without the Arsenal win, I think is. I don't know about much more cause for concern because I'm. I actually kind of liked what I saw in some ways, which I'll get to. Um, other things are ridiculous, but Arsenal makes it feel good. Brentford is weird because <clears throat> a lot of the players. That, I mean, like the players that fucked us are. Guys who just should never play, should never be playing. Do you think Mavropano should never be playing? I guess besides him, uh, I'm thinking more. Besides him, of... so, so no, I know I know who you're thinking about. I gave you an out. Now say what you have to say. I mean, the subs were were terrible, and I oh I oh. Who do you think okay, I was talking I, about? Can I just say what? I, I thought we were going to hop straight into the War Prowse thing. Oh, oh, no. I mean, he was just normal. Like, he wasn't – like, he was bad again. But, like, I've, I've just come – I think I've been already beaten into submission at this point. Me too. But, man, like, it – you know what's funny? I was thinking about this. You spent $30 million on a player to essentially replace Suchek, right? Mm-hmm. And it's it's November sixth, and I'm I'm crying out for for Tomas for Big Tom, dude. He's he's so much better for us. Like it's it's insane. You can't even compare the two. Well, it goes back to what we talked about um, over the summer with signing more prowess. It's not that he's a bad player, and you know he's gonna have some great games for us. He's gonna have games where he scores a goal <clears> or he provides an assist that's huge for us. But a lot of what we do, especially under Moyes is built off us being athletically and physically superior to teams. I mean, how good did we look against Arsenal with Suchek and Alvarez in there? We were incredible. Like, we were just so physically dominant, and that's that's like classic it – was, it was a classic Moyes ball game. And the thing is, like, I get they played a fully rotated side. They played their B team. It wasn't fully and rotated. Get out of here. It, it was fully rotated. It was – they had their starting striker – uh, they're starting. No, they that. didn't. Oh, because the Enketia thing. He's going to be a West Ham player next year if we're lucky. No. Yes. I Hopefully. mean, if we're lucky, yes, he is. 
if we we would have to get insanely lucky. Um, I mean, look, whatever you want to call it, it's a heavily rotated side, and I think that midfield played into our hands a lot. Yeah, but it's Arsenal, and those were good players out there, and that I just want to talk about that first before we get into the Brentford stuff because Arsenal did not have a sniff. Until, you know, an Odegaard goal late, which, like, really doesn't count to me. Didn't have a sniff. Yeah, I mean, that was that was just as dominant as any performance we've had all season. By far. I would say that's our, our most dominant performance of the season, easily. We were just so, like, just the physicality, the gulf in physicality between the two teams, it was... And was, I would argue crazy. we didn't create much besides the stretch where Bowen and Kudus had their goals. And it wasn't even like we were sitting back holding off. It was that the way that we defended them so high up the pitch, they just couldn't get out. There was a stretch um, in the first half, which is around that clip that's gone around of Bowen diving in and making that tackle and it goes out for another goal kick around that part of the game. It's probably like a five or ten minute stretch where they only got out of their half with us pressing like a, a handful of times and like had to work so hard to do it. And then once they did, like turn the ball over, it goes out for a goal kick. Like it was vintage Moyes, and people said it wasn't a Moyes performance. You saw? Did you see that people claimed? Um, Dude, those I people are it. literally schizophrenic. Like those people <laughs> are like belong in like a fucking psych ward. Or, they do. They have no, genuinely no idea what they're watching, and that was like just like a cope, like a random cope that they just conjured in their head, because that was that was the Moyes performance. Like we need to get back to that because it's what we mm-hmm, used to absolutely. do. Absolutely. Well, that's what's frustrating about it is because like I would consider myself somebody who's Moyes in, but like I can acknowledge like his faults, like the subs on Saturday with Brentford are ridiculous. And there are certain things he does, like the Mubama stuff, I do not co-sign. Um, look, he's given us a trophy, obviously. We had a good start this season. Now we're in a rough run of form. That's okay. This happens to every team under the sun. People think that we should be challenging for the top six this year. I don't think so. I would like to. I think it's a good goal to have. No, no, it it should be the goal of the team. I'm not saying it shouldn't be the goal of the team. The, the we, goal... we are not we are not one of the eight best squads in the league. The We're the not. precedent the precedent has been set for this team. It was set three years ago. The goal every season is Europe. The goal is to yes. stay in Europe by any means necessary. Last year was a successful season because we stayed in Europe. Um, you know, the trophy's great, but the, the goal, you know, was to stay in Europe. That was either by finishing the top seven or by winning that competition. It doesn't look like we're going to be finishing top seven, seven this season. Eighth could be Conference League. True, true. and Which that, is huge, by the way. Just and it's absolutely yeah, huge. It's, it's, it makes a huge difference because those top six, seven is kind of like looking like it's shaping up and we're not in it. Yeah. Um, um, Newcastle looked very good again. Yeah. I think Brighton... Look, Brighton have one win in their last seven. They've conceded 20 goals. They're in just as bad shape as we are right now. And you won't hear a peep about them. Because you don't have to. Because teams go through these bad runs of form. If we can come out the other side of this, we win Thursday. And is it for us on Saturday? Yes. 
If we win these two games, or two home games, two very winnable games, we win these two games, you're on 17 points through 12 Premier League games. Which effectively means that you have seven games with 21 more points available, right? Um, nine of those points are against the top six. You play Arsenal, you play United, and you play Spurs, right? So we'll call that 12 winnable points. Even if you win half of those and you take a point off the top six games, that's seven points from seven games, which is totally attainable. That would leave you on 24 points after 19 games, which is 48 for a season. That's a conservative. I would say that's pretty conservative. 11th place. And that's, that's incredibly conservative. Incredibly conservative. Like, we're fine. Yeah, I mean, as long as 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 long as we, you know, give a good showing in the Europa League, maybe not. Win, maybe winning is maybe winning it is pretty unrealistic based on you know who's out there. But dude, dude even like forgetting about the Europa League, we're in the quarterfinal of the cup right now. And if I'm not mistaken, we're playing the last big six side standing. Who have Arsenal and United on either side of our game? Like we can win the Carabao Cup. We can win the Carabao Cup. No, don't make that face at me because we can. It's, it's at Anfield, and it's no, no. It is at Anfield. Game seriously, where do? And we will a take win, that game seriously. I do a win at Anfield. I don't think We're, anyone's do a win at Anfield. Uh, we are, dude. The way that we play against Liverpool usually. Oh well, yeah. We just we, generally we're do generally we're do a result at Anfield. I just don't think it's it's. I just don't think it's that easy. Like, I'm not. We make I'm, it, not we, I'm not saying it's that easy. I'm just saying that we can do this. And if you win that competition, um, I should be fact checked on this. But I think that's a Conference League berth. I think like you get into the Conference League or the qualifiers based off winning this competition. I feel like I knew that too. I'm going to look that up. But this is, dude, it's a quarterfinal, right? Oh, Chelsea. Newcastle play Chelsea. One of those teams is going out, right? Mm-hmm. We play Liverpool. Liverpool. We Port can Vale win that. play Middlesbrough. And Port Vale play Middlesbrough. That's my thing. We could have a semifinal with Port Vale. Theoretically. Like we should be taking. I mean, I would have told. I would have said this to you before the round of thirty-two, and especially before the Arsenal game. We should be taking this competition very seriously, which I'm happy that we do under Moyes because we, dude. And I remember saying this to you even before the 2021 season, which is what made that team feel so good to us was how good we did in Europe because it was so validating to sit there and be like, look, we are a really dangerous side. And knockout football. I think we're less dangerous now than Antonio's 34 and much more inconsistent and that rice isn't here because I think the two things that made us so dangerous were we had a striker that teams didn't know what to do with and could really be physically imposing and a serious problem for teams in Europe. And we also had one of the best ball winners and center midfielders on planet Earth. Dude. But we still have an elite ball winner. And man... After January, if who knows who will be in the building. And the other thing is, like, fuck all that. Like, Kudus and Bowen 
that's that's two match winners. Those guys can go out there and they can they can win you any game. Like the the the, the Brentford game is an anom- an anomaly. You know, like scoring two goals away from home and losing the game, it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, especially for a Moyes team, it's crazy. We that was such a good. It really was like such a good first half performance. Uh, it was resilient, that, man. Besides mm-hmm. that added time, the added time in the first half was sketchy. Where Blumwell had all the chances. With with the Brentford game, it's so tough because, like, I I mean I don't know about you, but I was going into the game being like, okay, like this is, this is like a scheduled loss. Like eventually, Alvarez and Paqueta were gonna get suspended. Luckily, they're in the same game, and we could just eat these three points lost. Yeah. But then, you know, we showed up and we were – we conceded first. And then after that, I mean, we looked pretty damn good. Um, it just sucks. It just sucks. I, Individual I mistakes. I will say one thing is that I don't like to blame Moyes for this because I think a lot of it is overblown and a lot of it's on the players. And I'm even going to throw a game in here that Jared Bowen himself said was on the players. Um, the Bournemouth game. The Bournemouth game and the Brentford game are two games where we had a lead in it where I felt like we really did sit back and invite too much pressure, which I think, honestly, every team in the league does. Like People think that we go down and we play so much better because now we're playing on the front foot. No, it's because they're sitting back. Mm-hmm. That's why we look so great. And by the way, 3-2 down against Brentford, we looked hopeless. I think we had like one legit chance, but that's because – a certain number eighteen was on the pitch. Yeah, um, I I, th- I think you, you're you, you're making like you know blaming things on Moyes. I think the basically the only mistake he's made all season was every time he subbed on Danny Ings. That that's the big one. That is the big one. And Mubama was on the bench on Saturday again, which makes it even more frustrating because look to get away from the whole like why do we lose thing. When is he gonna learn his lesson with Ings? Is, is this enough now? Because here's the thing about it. It's Thursday in Greece before Everton, right? It's Thursday in Greece before Everton. He's horrible. He is probably the reason why we have no foothold in that game, or he's a big reason for it. Then we play Arsenal midweek the next week. You don't start him. You start Bowen. You That's score three, and you probably have like one of your best performances this season. Best then, striker performance of the season. On Saturday, Antonio barely has a good game. Really doesn't play that great. Takes a goal off Ben Rama's foot. Still has an assist. We score two goals in 60 minutes. You take him off because you don't think he's playing that great. Totally fair. And, and you also think, look, Ang's two-striker formation might be better. You play Ang's in a two-striker formation. He touches the ball five times in half an hour. It's it's not acceptable. At what point do we bite the bullet, or does Moyes bite the bullet? I should say, and just be like, Mubama is my number two guy. Like, what's it going to take for Mubama to even get a chance at earning that role? Listen, with with Ings, like, it's so frustrating the lack of like he just that he doesn't do anything for us. Like, okay, <clears throat> if you want to say like his optimal role is next to a guy like Antonio. It like, is. Yeah, it's which is fine. Like 
you say like, oh, like don't sub off one, like play them together. Yeah. But Antonio needs someone to take him off the field, and that's like what Ings was brought in to do. And if he can't do that, then why is he here? Well, th- that's part of the thing is because with Antonio, Antonio needs competition, needs a backup. I understand. We've talked about this before, especially with Skamaka side signing. Um, it's tough on Antonio when he's done well to like have somebody come in who's there to take his spot. But with Ings, it's a level playing field. Even Antonio is higher on the pecking order than him, obviously. Mm-hmm. So Ings is there to push him. And maybe sometimes to play with him. Ings is there. But he doesn't that. push him. And look, you can say Ings has to play with the big striker, this big striker, that. I understand Bowen's not a big striker. But he had his worst performance of the season in a two-striker formation. No matter what way you want to cut that. Mm-hmm. That's not okay. And and Antonio can't play 90 minutes anymore every week. It's just no. he can't. And if Ings can't take him off the pitch and be at least respectable, at least be some sort of a threat, is he, I don't even think he's put a shot on goal this season. Though like the I only one I can remember is um, hit a shot off target against Lincoln that was a sitter, especially for a guy like him. Yeah, I don't remember him putting a shot on goal, let alone even coming close to scoring. He's He's just – he doesn't serve a purpose. It's it's over with this ancient. shit. It's, 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 it's been crazy. over. It, he's Another thing I would it. say, by the way, is like not that anybody's being like, give Danny Ings a chance, or like play him in the right position. We've had strikers before who the system doesn't suit, Sebastian Haller, who are a lot better than this fucking guy, who we didn't change the system for. But I, I'm, I'm not saying that anybody's claiming that the system needs to be changed for Ings to fit him in. But like... We should be ten times more ruthless with Ings in January than we were with Heller. Absolutely. Ten times more ruthless. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. He shouldn't be playing anymore. Like, dude, if Mubama should start this game on Thursday against Olympiacos at home. I understand this is a big game. I'm not saying to play a weak team. I'm saying you play a strong team against Olympiacos at home. You should play a very strong team. You should play Paqueta. You should play Bowen. I think you rest kudos for this one. You play Paqueta. You play Bowen. Uh, you play Alvarez, and you go from there. Um, but Mubama should lead the line because Antonio can't play on Thursday, and Ings is nothing. He's nothing. He's nothing. Yeah, I, I don't want to. I don't want it to get confused with me talking about like, oh, what what's his best role? Because at the end of the day, even if you're playing him his best role, he still sucks. He's still worthless. <laughs> He's hardly a Premier League player. Um, we would be absolutely blessed if a team was silly enough to take him off our hands, even for free, even just to take the wages off. In the if, Everton, if Everton did it, we would be very blessed. I think, and, you know, maybe Deitch can get something out of him. This is Ng's longest goal-scoring drought in the history of his Premier League career. And it, it honestly, I'm pretty sure they've been saying it has been since last year, or at least early this season. Like, this is 21 or 22 games now. This is crazy. And it has nothing to do with the manager at all. It doesn't because, do because he's played he's in a variety bad. of systems. He's terrible. He's done. He's, he's just so bad. done. So done. And he's and you know, Antonio, whatever you want to say about him, he offers something. 
I tweeted this during the game on Saturday. I have never seen a player offer less to a team. Really in any sport. I was just talking about football when I tweeted it. But in any sport, I've never seen a player offer less to a team than Danny Ings does to West Ham. Never seen it. <laughs> no, because no, because it's, no, no, it's, it's true. true. No, it's but true. it's not funny. Because no, because don't laugh. Because it's not funny. <laughs> I didn't say it as a joke. It wasn't tweeted out as a joke. I wasn't like, because like, I say shit for jokes all the time. It's funny. This is objectively funny, but it's a dead serious thing. I've never seen an athlete offer less to their employer than Danny Ings offers to us. It wasn't until like we won the conference league that he looked like he had a fucking friend in the squad. <laughs> I'm sorry. Was, for dude, we were chanting. Dude, we were chanting Bowens on fire after in Alkmaar after that game. He's jumping up and down by himself. Nobody's got an arm around him. He's hand. He's fucking holding a Heineken Zero. <laughs> we don't give a shit about you, man. Get the fuck out of here. Like, like, not to be mean, but like, no, be fucking mean to this guy. This is what I'm saying, bro. Mean. Like, he's he is horrendous. He is a horrendous footballer. He should have never been signed. And another thing about him that I'll say, to be good to Moyes, everybody wants to tweet that that damn quote of Moyes being like, he's one of the best in the business. He's this, he's that. What is he supposed to say? They were about to fire him. Danny Ings was a gift from Sullivan. It's been widely reported that Ings was not signed on – like Moyes did not request Ings. He did not ask for Ings. He did not – he probably didn't want Ings that much. All that probably happened was Sullivan was like, I'm going to go buy Danny Ings. You need a striker because you need to stay up. And I'm panicking because my multi-million, almost billion-dollar corporation organization is it's about this. Val- the value is the value is plummeting. Sullivan went out and he got him Ings. He's been. I, was it X who called him a gift from Sullivan? Somebody probably used those X. exact words. Maybe like that. Uh, maybe Clarendon Hugh, something like that. Somebody. But why are we holding Moyes accountable for saying Danny Ings is one of the best ones around when he's asked directly, what do you think about West Ham signing Danny Ings? Is he going to sit there and be like, he's not a Moyes type of striker? Is that what Moyes is going to say to the media? Can we be serious? Like, he didn't want him. Yeah, I mean... Ings has started, like, four Premier League games for us. Two of them were, like, around huge European games. And yeah, like right when he signed, too. He's had three good games for us. One was his debut against Which Everton. Which was a, a ten-minute cameo. And he got hurt. And he got hurt. <laughs> which he refuses to do now. One was his full debut against Forest, which he scored twice. Which, to be real, Forest away last year. Easiest. Probably, probably the easiest fixture on the schedule. Yeah. They were. I've never seen a team worse away from home than they were last year. Um, what was his third good performance? Uh, Leeds. Leeds at home. The everybody eats game? Yeah, it was an everybody eats game. Man. The assist, he, dude, he played well. He did. He did he play did, well today. I'm not did. like I'm not like not trying to be a dickhead to him. He played well in that game. He played yeah, terrible really. when he started at Brentford. Even when Mubama came on, he looked a little better. He scored a goal that I don't know if that should have been disallowed. I um, wish it was. It was it was disallowed. I said, uh, oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah oh, it would have been a Mubama assist, right? 
Yeah, that's why. I think something like that, like hit his shoulder. I don't know. Um, and then he scored He scored in uh, – was it, it was Ghent that we played last year, right? And we played Gank in the Europa League the year before. He scored, in, he scored from a yard out in Ghent, which I understand. That's what he does. That's his whole thing. He's a poacher. It's a throw-in to Bowen that he squares. It's not really a hard position to be in. But, like, dude, he, that's no, like but, but, but he was terrible that day because that was our worst performance in the Europa Conference League the whole season was that away quarterfinal game. That yeah. Like he didn't play and well today. It's it's been it's been like almost a, almost a year now since we signed him. As far as I'm concerned, it's been a year. Feels like three. Feels like his contract should be coming to an end right now. Yeah, it feels like a fucking lifetime. Just we could probably, better. if we can't get rid of him in January, we could probably offload him in the summer with a year left, right? Maybe he needs to be kidnapped. He Somebody does. out there should kidnap him. Somebody look, who cares about this club. Look, Not going to be us. All I'm saying is, well, you're a lawyer, so you have to tell me if this is legal first. But we have 80 to 100 listeners in this podcast. Are we um, at fault? If we were like, oh, you know, somebody who loves the club should kidnap Danny Ings and, you know, get him off the books for West Ham. Like, what? And, and, and like, you know, if this person was to do this, and I don't endorse. I don't endorse it either. I do not want to see anybody get hurt. I want to see anybody emotionally or physically damaged. That, that's what I'm going to say. Like, like just, just take – just keep him away from the team. Don't, like – no torture, no, you know – what Good was conditions, the, keep him well fed. You know where we should put him? Do you remember the uh, the Moisenstein fanfic apartment? Oh, my God. On <laughs> you put him in the basement. Oh, my God. With the rest of the youth team. <laughs> you know, when, when is Stuyton going to get in Moises' ear about Mubama? He's he, just going to wait. Because he didn't buy him. That's not his guy because he bought fucking um, – I almost said Havertz. Because he bought Verts for like fucking three pennies and a ham and cheese. Like he put his he put his neck on the line for him. Um, I think he's just going to wait out. He's just going to wait it out. He's going to wait for the next manager. Okay. Well, that's actually a perfect segue because there's reports today – saying that we are not looking to extend Moise's contract and we might try and bring him upstairs. Um, I guess it's a two-part question. How do you feel about not extending Moise's contract? And how do you feel about him going upstairs? And how do you feel about those things meshing? So starting with the first, not extending him, it's tough. You know, it's hard. It's it's really it's, – it's such an annoying – the, uh, decision to make, but I think that if we don't get Europe, I think it's just a good time to phase him out. Um, I, I, it's time to get you know a guy that Sidon wants, let it you know a new era come in. Um, you know, gonna have a, a lot of money to spend again next summer. Uh, let it be with somebody who's gonna like lead the team. Um, or at least plan to lead the team for the next five, ten years. Um, 
as for, as for the the front office thing, I think that's a bunch of nonsense. I I don't think. Okay, but Moyes... forget if it's true. How do okay. you feel about it? So in the hypothetical world where this is a position, this is like first of all, it's not even a position in like that currently exists for him. And they like him live together, dude. They're in a party. <laughs> um, so I already it already felt like this summer there was too many cooks, and now you're adding Moyes in this like amorphous position where no one really knows how much say he's gonna have. Uh, and a new manager on top of that. So Can I play devil's now, advocate? Yes. If Stuyton is allowed to hire this new manager, right? Theoretically, this manager is going to be operating on the very American plane that we see our very own Tom Thibodeau at the New York Knicks organization he operates in, and that many mm-hmm. other coaches in American sports and in football are starting to operate in where the general manager in America or the director of football in uh, football is making the decisions for the squad and the manager just manages the team. So all I'm saying is that putting Moyes into a front office type of position into a decision-making board type of position when it comes to transfers is not adding another cook to the kitchen. It's just keeping the same kitchen. I just, I just feel like that's unrealistic in, I'm not, in, in this sport. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I'm just saying – well, it's not unrealistic in this sport. Plenty of clubs do this. Leverkusen do this. Xabi Alonso is not – like he doesn't have much say, if any say, in those transfers. They have a massive team, a much bigger team than we have. We just have knowledge to all of these guys' names. Like do you consider Rob Newman a cook in the kitchen? Yes. He's not. He's a scout. But he's he's, he's a scout. No, 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 no. He's a scout. He's bigger than a scout. No, he's maybe, not. He's bigger maybe, than a scout. He was more. bigger. He was bigger than a scout because there was nobody in the kitchen. There was a dirty pan and David Morris. <laughs> that he wasn't cleaning, by the way. He, he got some, he got some good use out of that pan. He got some damn good use. Like it was a non-stick. You could t- you could taste the previous meals, but like, I just think that we have so much access to the names and the ongoings inside the club because of certain people around the club, like whether it's X or whether it's Claire and Hugh or whether it's whoever. We just have like West Ham, like we, it's a very passionate group of people. We have lots of in the know people. I don't know if I would call it too many cooks in the kitchen. I personally would love David Moyes in a position like that if he was not to stay as our manager. We talk about all the time about the Moyes eye. He knows this game. And I think he would be a very useful person to have in that decision-making role. I want Stuyton to be the lead guy always, which is why I agree with you. I don't think it's a realistic thing because I don't think Moyes is going to take a backseat role. Mm-hmm. Like but, yeah, like this, like this role that he gets is probably going to end up being like a Mark Noble type, just like here you're on you're on the books for the rest of your life. Like, but here's gotcha. the other thing is, and this is more of a question that I'm not even just asking you, but I'm asking everybody. Stuyten's role, his title, is technical director, right? Plenty of other clubs have directors of football. 
if I'm not mistaken, there are many clubs in the world who have a technical director. Actually, now that I'm saying this out loud, it sounds wrong, but I'm just going to finish the sentence. Have a technical director and the director of football, or they have, you know, director of football operations, technical director. Like, there are clubs that have many people in these roles. Is there space for Moyes and Stuyton to work on that plan together? I think that they are – their voices are too conflicting. They're, I don't think so. They have different so. approaches to the game. I don't think so. I think that they generally have the same idea. They just have different visions of how to execute it and what it means. Do you think that – do you think that Stuyton is going to hire a manager close in play style to David Moyes? No, but I think he'll hire a manager comparable in play style to David Moyes. Comparable in play style? Yeah, not close. Like, we're not going to be sitting back as much, but I think in terms of, like, pressing sequences and, like, attacking quickly and, like, being deadly in transition, Mm -hmm. those will be common themes between the two managers. If we do move on, yeah, I mean, because I think that's the only way for us to operate between the talent that we have and the level that we're at. Yeah, I mean, we got kudos. That's like he embodies we, dude, exactly. Fuck him. We have Jared Bowen. Yeah, and he's on a seven-year contract. He ain't going nowhere. Like press and play and transition, and you will see twenty-goal seasons from this guy. What do you think about just purely the manager question? About if Moy should stay or go? Yeah. Um, I, I just don't think it's a decision that we have to talk about right now. And I don't think it's, like, not to be evasive. Um, no, I think, no, I think no. That, I think that talk sport, you know, it's it's clicks, it's West Ham. Talk sport of lots of ends with West Ham, which is what makes the the comment about him going upstairs very interesting. Mm-hmm. Also, because I've I've seen him go upstairs in Football Manager before, um, <laughs> and just to go on a little tangent, he was the uh, he was a scout at Fulham, or he was like a the head scout at Fulham in my FM save. I actually remember you said you mentioned yeah, that. and I I tried to hire him as my director of football, but he wouldn't come to my club because. I had loaned the players from West Ham previously, and I had created a bad relationship with David Moyes. We were on bad terms. <laughs> he didn't want to work with me. Um, that's so real. Yeah. So that's dithering Dave. Dithering Dave. But I love the idea of him in a role like that because I think not only does he have a good idea of how England works, which no matter what anybody wants to admit is important for Stuyton in his first few years in England to have that voice. I think that voice helped Stuyton a lot this summer, just as much as Stuyton's voice helped Moyes. I think that goes very, yeah. very underestimated. Absolutely. That's a great point. Like um, if, you think about, if you think about the Knicks, uh, I mean, this is very like just the conversation between you and me, I guess. But, uh, but I mean, know, they, uh, they played tonight. They're on, they're on the brain. Um, when when Leon Rose, the Knicks president, became like came into office, he had not had a front office job before. He was a he was a player agent, yeah. converted into a front office met guy, and they kept on 
Scott Perry. The old the old general manager Scott Perry, who is a grizzled you know he's he's grinded his teeth in the NBA for two decades. Uh, he's he's had front office jobs. He's been successful, unsuccessful. Um, a lot of his you know track record with the Knicks is a mixed is a as a mixed bag, but he was kept on just just to kind of guide the new front office who had you know been inexperienced and kind of be that experienced mind in the room and david moyes could absolutely be that for Steinen, and in that way it would be great that's another um, thing just to, like why does this have to be a permanent thing for moyes when we talk about it he could do it for a year or two and then he could go manage somebody else it doesn't yeah. have to be a permanent thing or he could do it for a year or two and then he could go be a director of football somewhere else that would be sick. Well, dude, because be but I, I, you know, it's all fun and games, but I do think that something that makes a lot of sense for him, I know he's been a manager his whole career, his whole life after being a player, but I think being somebody who makes decisions on squad building makes a ton of sense for him. Something he'll have to obviously improve on is getting work done earlier in the window. He's struggled with that his whole career as a manager. But I think turning into someone like that makes a lot of sense for him. He yeah. clearly has talent for it. Um, the player who I was going to use as the biggest example of Moyes and Stuyton kind of collaborating with each voice having lots of say and influencing the other one, I think, is Alvarez. I yeah, think that's Alvarez the is the one. And I think that that's why the rest of the summer went so well is because they were able to come together on that Alvarez signing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's why I think Moyes would be great for us. But just going back to what put us on this tangent, I don't think a contract with him is anything we have to discuss right now between a Obama contract and a Zuma contract. The other thing is that this is this is how our the job with us is how Moyes, you know, reestablish his name in football as something respectable, at the very least, and as something very great and impressive on a very high end. Um, if we let the contract run until April or even let it run out and then we talk to him in the summer, he's not going to bolt. Look, these top six clubs don't want him. They're still scared off him. Um, I was listening to somebody say he would do a – David Moyes in 2023 would do a better job with Manchester United in 2023 than 2013 Moyes with 2013 United. Oh, for sure. Which for sure. Which they admitted was a combination of expectations at the clubs because now United are just they can get in the top four. That's great. Back then, it was their God given right to win the league. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, that Moyes is more experienced now, and he understands how football works now, and he's a much more progressive manager now. People do not give him enough credit for going for games just because he's David Moyes, and it's people. Something I realize more and more every year in every sport, people don't like to watch games with their eyes. They watch it with the narratives that are already in their head. Yep. Like the yep. Arsenal game we went for, the Everton game we went for, but we don't know how to play with the ball. That That's a very true thing. We don't really know how to play with the ball, um, especially against a team as well-drilled as a strong Deitch team. This is why we saw us beat Luton. I think that we can win games having a lot of the ball, but I think specifically a Deitch team – is a very difficult one to beat for us if we have 60% possession. Man. Um, all that to I, say, I, we can talk to Moyes in May about this contract, and we can see how the season goes. Yeah. 
he's not gonna run away. I'm gonna, I'm gonna miss him though. I like as I think a manager. If if I, I if I had to guess, I I think I think he will be our manager next season. I would be uh, as do I. Very surprised if he wasn't our manager next season. Me too. Me too. He's just he's such a great manager. I I'd like. He's a level head. He's he, a very level head. He like blazed this like kind of like a counter I like a counterculture really of of style that has has like been successful in the face of of every team trying to play a same or similar way because it's he's, a modernized version of what he does i think exactly and i do think that like another thing that goes understated is he did a great job his first stint here he did a great job yeah but if he stayed on for that next season this wouldn't have happened mm-hmm. and even it wouldn't have built up into this it would have just it would have you know, bottomed out or something, or we would have just been in mid-table hell. Um, you know, people mock him for the Red Bull thing. And I him, mo- yeah. yeah, I mock him. He called Suchek a young player when he was 25. <laughs> um, but he did improve as a manager during those two years he had off and away from us. He did. That's that's undeniable. If Between the Lingard stuff and the way he kept us up the two times, because the eight, the 1920 squad was much worse than the squad he kept up the first time. There was no Arnautovic. Yeah. There was no Lanzini at that same level. That team was bad. He had to, um, invent, his, he had to invent his Arnautovic. Dude, he got lucky that we played Norwich Antonio at four. Like, that team was really bad. Um, But... This is a guy who's reinvented his style in his own way and to match his own image. And like you said, it's a, it's a counterculture where it's a classic style, but it, it has modern spices. It, and, and I think that's fly- what makes us so successful. It, it, it flies in the face of what is seen to be the, the correct way of, playing to, football, yeah. to, of, of being successful. And it, and it actually is something that preys on, on that conventional It, it preys on it. Not, not only does it fly in the face of it, it preys on it. And the Brighton games, for example, I, I can't remember. It must have been the first time he managed against the Zerbi was last year in the 4-0, when we were at our worst, by the way. Mm-hmm. And he watched that, and he, we, we smashed them at their place four months really? later. Four months this- later, without a care in the world annihilated them just just incredible just the way we the way we set up against arsenal the way we set up against chelsea oh man like how do you watch those games and you're like i don't really like this guy but it's exactly what you say that it preys on this style even the city game city i know they ended up losing the wolves next week whatever gary o'neill just quick shout out what a manager Respect, respect. What a manager. Bournemouth are crazy for letting him go. I'm still high on their summer transfer business. But with, um, I don't know when, when Alex Scott is going to play. And with Adams out for this long, I don't know how They're it's going to But to let O'Neill go is crazy. But Moyes, like, in these losses at Liverpool and City, like, we've given these teams trouble. Like he does not get enough credit for what he is. Period. And absolutely not. Absolutely not. And it's it's 
He it's won't until he's gone. Yeah, it's it's gonna be something people realize after time, because I it, it's so frustrating, man, to see these these fans. Every time we lose, it's literally every time we lose, it's they want him gone, and he's he doesn't know what he's doing, and and he needs to step down. Like I think it's but ridiculous. this is what we're talking about with these people who don't know what they're watching. Because look, I want to make this very clear. I'm saying this again, like there are real reasons to be frustrated with Moyes, and to even think that you know. Let's get rid of Moyes at the end of this season. I don't think that there's any reason to want him sacked in this moment. Look, in two or three weeks, like if we lose the Forest and we come back from that international break and we draw up Burnley, we can start talking. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. because he, these are games that he just has to win. There's really no other way to put it. Yeah. Um. But to be talking about it now is obscene. It's ridiculous. He's given us. Everything we could have asked for more. And there's no reason to deem him unsuccessful. What has he done wrong? Brentford away uh, is a tough fixture for any team in this league, especially us. Like, the only game that he's lost that's that unforgivable is Everton. Because he rested everyone in Olympiacos, knowing how tough of a fixture that was. I We probably had talked about that looking at the mm-hmm. games early. Definitely. That's an incredibly tough fixture. He rested everyone because he was betting on that Everton game because he knew we needed points. That's that's the one that's unforgivable to me. Who did we lose to the week? Oh, Villa. That one's pretty terrible. But that's that's that, 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 that was a terrible player. But I feel like that was in the players. The, oh, absolutely. I agree with that. That uh, actually, I disagree. We I didn't we that, didn't set up the right way, but the players were really bad too. The play I think it it's mostly on the players, but I think I said this on the podcast after that game that Moyes set up with far too much pride. Mm-hmm. He went there because it's the thing where it's like us, Villa, Newcastle, and Brighton that that whole little what's the word that people use. The gaggle. It's a whole little gaggle of teams. People use um, that word. People, no, people use that word. You'd be surprised. I um, am surprised. But, you know, people compare those teams. Like, man, these are the teams that are really pushing the top six. And Moyes sees that, and he's like, you've been in Europe. You know what I mean? Like, we've been doing this. Like, who is us in Villa? Like, I'm going to show up, and like we're going to go toe-to-toe with them. And for 20 minutes, we did. For 15 or 20 minutes... I remember watching that game, and I was like, man, it's just two really good teams going toe-to-toe. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that we were true enough to ourselves, especially in that system, the 4-3-3 of Paquetta on the left. It's got to be deeper with that specific team. Yeah, I and I, I had my own problems with it. Um, I, didn't, I didn't like Antonio – at, at the striker position against the high line, uh, I think it played right into their hands. Um, but I don't know. I I I I can't I can't I I am not I'm not too mad at Moyes over that game. I'm not mad at him. I'm just not like as much as I love Moyes and like I think he's gonna get a new contract and I'm happy about that because I think he's gonna figure this out and this whole two and a half weeks will be forgotten as like. Absolutely. We got, we got through in the Carabao Cup, and then we beat Liverpool, and then we went to the semifinal. 
Um, <laughs> okay. But like, 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 look, look, like we went there and we said, we're going to go toe to toe with this team. We're just as good as you. And like, you're going to play that high line. Like we're just going to keep chipping in behind the Antonio and Bowen. And it didn't work. And not because we're not as good as them, but just because going and attacking teams doesn't mean you're as good as them. You need to be true to who you are. And we are in our best, like in transition, like soaking up pressure. Let's do that, especially away at these teams. Um, I wish we did more of that at Brentford, in a way. Uh, mm-hmm. I really wish we did more of that at Villa. But I think that's I'm, why we lost that game. It's just I'm pretty, like the players I'm pretty, let them down. I'm pretty confident that uh, we'll beat Villa at home. Oh, yeah. I said that after, after the Villa game, but yeah. Um, I want to <laughs> talk about something else, too. Just talking about Paqueta on the left against Villa reminded me. I'm done with that experiment, generally, in the 4-3-3 yeah. or the 4-2-3-1, whatever it is specifically. But if this 4-4-2 is a sign of things to come. I'm perfectly fine with playing Paqueta on the left of a 4-4-2. I think he has way more license to come inside and dictate in that system than he does in a 4-3-3 because there's less bodies in there. And when Fornals came on for Ben Rama for the last 30 minutes, he was literally was standing a- in between Suchek and Warpress. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's just my take on that. If he wants to stick with it, I'm down to give Antonio and Bowen another goal, mostly because we've seen Bowen play second striker a bunch in preseason and once in the Premier League, and he's scored every game. I mean, the, every they're, game. They're, scored every game. You can put him at right back, and he's going to score. But... I know, but I'm just saying, like, and Kudus look great in the system. The concern for me is the two in midfield. Because if it's Alvarez and Ward-Prowse, fine. Alvarez can sit back. Look, I just don't know if we have the athleticism to play a 4-4-2 with the two midfielders. If we had signed Onana instead of Paqueta once upon a time, maybe. But then who <laughs> plays on the left? Ben Rama? I don't know. But... uh I'm concerned about the ability of the two on midfield. But then again, if you play Paqueta on the left, maybe he's able to help compensate for that a little bit because of how he plays. Like, I'm just asking you basically, what do you think about trying this 4-4-2 again with Alvarez in for Suchek or Ward-Prowse and Paqueta in for Ben Rama? It's hard. Um I don't know. I just don't trust James Ward Prowse that exposed. Okay, what if it's Suchek and Alvarez? That changes everything. I mean Because that that's what I would personally play against yeah. Warriors. Like not even in like a hating on War Prowse way or we're right about War Prowse way because <laughs> like I think I, don't that, I, I still think that we were wrong. Even if I think like he should be dropped no, like look. Our concerns were correct. Our concerns were not ill-advised, is what I'll say. They were valid. They were not – there was no malice in them. They were valid concerns. But I do think that he's better than probably what we expected. I think – personally, I think he's a lot better at pressing. 
pressing was something I completely underestimated with him. When he's able to press, I think that's great. And remind me to come back to that. But the, but but the think, thing is, go ahead. I was gonna say like in the pivot, especially and like people are like, well, don't play him deep. Play him advanced then. He was signed to play deep, and you wanted him signed to play deep. So that's number one. These people who are like, play him advance and forward. You wanted him signed to play in this pivot. That's number one. Number two, which is even bigger, is that Moyes and Stuyten, they signed him to play in the pivot. This is what he was signed to do. And number three, you got to play him over Kudus. You got to play him over Paqueta. What are you yep. going to do? You want to play Kudus on the right and Paqueta on the left with Warprouse through the middle and Bowen up front? Is that is that is that really what you want to do? Because if we play that 4-3-3 system, I think that Kudus and Paqueta aren't um, – I don't think that they play high enough up the pitch to support Bowen the way that Bowen's able to support Antonio when we do that 4-3-3 nonsense and we sit deep. They, they won't support Bowen the same way, and Bowen is mm -hmm. much smaller and can't hold the ball up as well. So what do you actually want from James Ward-Prowse? Because yeah. to me, he just has to figure out how to play deeper because that's what he was signed to do. And if you want to take it up with Moyes, if you want to take it up with Saiten, if you want to talk about last summer, we signed Skamaka. We didn't know exactly what he was. We signed Piketa. It took us a little while to figure out exactly what he was. If you want to take it up with that, fine. I'm not saying Ward-Prowse is... A bad player i'm actually not saying i think he's actually in a lot of ways he's fine playing deeper i think he's just not playing great right now because he's been a little exposed by the intricacies and in how we set up but if you want to be upset about it i don't think that the questions that you're asking are right because he was signed to play deep so we have to judge mm -hmm. him on how he plays in that pivot. Because that's his job. And he, we spent and at he, the end of the day, we spent 30 million pounds for him to play next to Alvarez. So he has to do that. And and it's that's what he was doing at at Southampton. He was he was playing like he wasn't playing super advanced. <laughs> like he was But they were playing he was, he was getting up the pitch. But yeah. Yeah. I think um, a lot of it is that they would play these the same way that we were playing in midfield three. They would play in midfield three with like I don't know exactly what it was last year. This may be off the mark. I can look it up, but like Lavia and Romeu and then Ward Prowse. Which mm -hmm. like he's not operating as a ten. But he's not operating as a pivot. Which is what makes it weird. Yeah. I'm looking up their game their four four against Liverpool last year on the final day. <laughs> He played in the pivot because that was after they had signed Alcaraz or whatever, Alcatraz. Alcaraz. He played in the pivot. They scored four goals. They conceded four. but They conceded four goals. That was, that was a Suleiman masterclass. Did not try to put that on. on but no, but you understand what I'm saying is like, I just don't buy this misprofile thing that much because, first of all, he's done the pivot thing a lot of his career. And second of all, like maybe he should be playing there. In my opinion, like maybe like, I think he's best in a midfield three because of just his athletic limitations. But I'm not going to sit here 
and make excuses for him. And I think like I've made excuses for Halaire. I've made excuses for Paqueta when he wasn't great. I think I'm just done with it. We signed somebody to play a role that he's played really his whole career. He should do it. Yeah. And and if he's not doing it, just like any other player on the team, he could be dropped. Absolutely. And we've talked about this before. He is not the same level of undroppable as Paqueta, Bowen, and Zuma. And becoming Mr. Muhammad Kudus. Hell yeah. It better be that way. It is. It is. He's he's not getting dropped ever again. I, I... I think it might be if he's not out of the squad, or not if he's not out of the eleven on Thursday for Olympiacos. I think it might be a very, very, very long time until we see a team without him. Besides, maybe like you know, a sixth year Europa game. But you know, like he's dude. It's hard to find places to drop these guys, and he's young. He just turned twenty three. He's got miles on those legs to give. Mm-hmm. Might as well use them up. What a signing, man. What a, what a damn signing. It's really unbelievable thinking about that we pulled that off. For real. God damn. <sighs> I, I don't know. With with Ward Prowse, like he just yeah, he just needs to figure it out, basically. He needs to figure out how to play eight because I think attacking... Moise, I, I think in a way Moise has to help him. I think yeah, he doesn't like even when he was playing well, like well in the beginning, it kind of was like, does this guy have like a defined role? But it, it was fine; it didn't matter because he was putting balls in the net. But this is, but but what did I say to you when we were signing him and when we did sign him and when he started playing well even in the beginning? What did I say to you? That I said with be- him, it's all about the goals and assists. Yeah, if he brings the goals and assists, it's fine. Because he'll be bringing goals and assists. That's the big thing with him. I think he's got seven for us right now. I said if he had twenty, I, th- I said if he had twenty plus in all competitions, he'd be perfect. He'd be fine. Mm-hmm. Good. He's on track to do that, and I would still call him a good sign. He's just had a few frustrating games, which is okay because the team has had a, a frustrating two or three weeks. Mm-hmm. And and even with your point with pressing, yeah, he's he was. A- He's been great pressing when he's playing like in those advanced areas. Even against Villa, I thought he pressed really well in the second half when we were down two one and we were chasing it. Mm-hmm. I thought he pressed well. Um, was it this weekend? Maybe it was this weekend. I can't remember anymore. But but then again, our best game, our best pressing game this season, happened when he was not playing. He's not on the pitch. He's not on the pitch. Yeah, and. It just begs the question about, as a Moyes team, and I know Moyes has his man crush on Ward Prowse. I get it. I get it from David Moyes' point of view. I see it. But I think Moyes might have to come to the conclusion that the physical presence and athleticism is really important for his teams in midfield. Really important. And does James Ward Prowse provides you with that. And it's not like we have to drop him forever. But it's something to consider ahead of Forrest. Because I, I think yeah. I think I would start him against Olympiacos with Alvarez and give Suchek a rest. 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I, I said this in the summer when we were debating him and Ed Fofana that, like, yeah, I mean, we both, I, everyone was so ready to get rid of Suchak that they kind of lost sight of what he brings. And, to be honest, and, I'm, I'm pretty proud of us for being able to keep sight of that, like. I mean, for me, it was much less about Suchek and more about Rice, where it was like, we need to have this athletic and physical presence in midfield because mm-hmm. this, is how, this is how we win, to quote yeah. Adam Sandler. <laughs> and okay. But no, but, but, but it is, this is how we win, is we, yeah. we dominate teams physically in midfield. And our most, so- I would say Arsenal is by far our most solid performance this season in terms of if we look like conceding or not. Have we kept the clean sheet this season? Oh, Sheffield yeah, United. Yeah, Sheffield. Sheffield United. I don't know. It's um, it's weird because I think that we should, could, and will beat Olympiacos at home and beat Forest at home, and that yeah. questions won't really be answered yet. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I, I I think we beat them either way. That well, that, that that's my thing. I just think that we're better than them. Mm-hmm. And like we are better than other teams we've lost to. But but these two games, I think Olympiacos, the players are going to come out with a little chip on their shoulder because of what happened in Greece. And then I think uh, Forrest, you know, Zuma will start. Paqueta will start. Mm-hmm. Alvarez will start. It'll be a big boost for everybody involved. A huge and, boost, yeah. And I think that we'll just outclass probably beat him like two or three one. Would be nice. A, a clean sheet would be very nice against them because they do have dangerous players and we need clean sheets. Do you, uh do you think Bowen gets called up again in the international? Yeah, absolutely. Race? I don't even think it's a question. Nice. I th- I think Ezzy's coming back a little late for it to even be a question. I think the the he big played. thing he played this weekend. Yeah, I don't think. I just think Southgate would be nuts to not call up Bowen. And let's say we lost both of these games. Mm-hmm. But, I I mean, he's scored he's twice. Just, yeah. since the last he's scoring break. all of these games that we're losing. Yeah. Um, and, and Villa was after the break. Not that that was a real goal, but he scored a goal. They went in that. Yeah, went in that. Yeah. And that's what Bowen does. And, you know, that counts for something. Absolutely. You know, like, Southgate will watch him. Bowen gives that England squad something on the wing that they don't have from anybody. Mm -hmm. They don't have that type of player who will get in the box the way he does and will do the running that he does without the ball. I mean, like, Sterling probably the best winger without the ball in the world. Um, But he doesn't seem to have any interest in calling him up anymore. Which is really weird. Which is a conversation we can have when the Euros come around. Um, yeah. But look, Bowen does a lot for them, for England. And I think if they can find a role for him, he can be a very important piece. And I think that with him playing so well again, he's still scoring goals after getting called up. I think that that's something that they're going to really want to look into this November. And then, you know, they'll say, keep it up. And then when March comes around, we'll see where you're at. And then that's mm-hmm. when you can really start building up for the tournament if you're going to be in the squad or not. 
But I believe in him, yeah. man. I because I, it, it it feels different with him because now that it's November, the the last time he had the, he, when he had the big big season, he was playing great. Like the performances were unbelievable, but the goals were kind of few and far between. He had the one against Brentford. The there's the own goal against Leeds, and then I'm trying to remember which goal actually set him off. In that 2021, hmm. 2020, was it the gank goal, where it, like he hit it straight at the keeper and it went in, went in the net? Was that the one that set him off? When did he start scoring? You I know what remember, it was? He, that, no, he, he, no, he no, had no, that dry spell in the beginning of the season. No, because you know remember. what it was? Was he he was putting a few goals together? He had the goal against Gank at home. I think um, he had another one somewhere in December. And then he had the he had the three assist game against Watford. Mm, yeah, that was great. He, he had the three assist game against Watford, and he scored, but it was disallowed for a foul on Suchek. Yeah, and it was after that game he he could he couldn't stop scoring or assisting. He got he, he got one to Vlasic that game, man. That that's, yeah, like that's something. That's something to me. No, but yeah, yeah, like. <laughs> Like it, it was after that game where he was unstoppable. Where it was every game he would score, um, and he he just started out the season like that. And like you know, players go through form. He'll slow down maybe a little bit at some point, but dude, it really feels like he might score like thirteen, fourteen, fifteen Premier League goals alone. Um, I know he only has one assist in all competitions right now. He was just robbed of one on Saturday by Antonio. Mm-hmm. Those will come. Like he'll yeah, probably like he, end up with five to eight in all competitions somehow. He's he's doing the right things out there. He um, just is. He's got eight goals in all competitions. We've played 12, games. 12 league games, three Europe Europa games. He's probably made 15, 16 appearances. Mm-hmm. He's going to play 60 games this year. What a guy! You're man. probably looking if he's. You're probably looking at if he slows down. You're probably looking at twenty three or twenty four goals. Which, if you're keeping count, is six more than he scored in the twenty one twenty two season. That's crazy. It's that's crazy. It's it's crazy the kind of form he's on, and it's crazy that he's extended. And I think yeah. I think you I think he will slow down. Um, he just we'll he, he has to. We'll see, man. He there's there's no he has shown no signs of slowing down. Before this episode ends, let's do a little XG check on him because he um I've looked at his XG a bunch over the last few years because he's like our biggest goal scoring guy, and he's uh-huh. his he's always very consistent in how he performs with his XG. So in the 2020-2021 season. He performed exactly to his XG, essentially. 7.99 XG, 8 goals. The next year, he had 12 league goals and had 13 XG in the league. Last year, he had 10 XG in the league and had 6 league goals. This year, he has 5 XG so far and has 7 goals. So what that tells me is that he'll slow down a bit, but that he's going to end with like 15 XG and like 14 or 15 goals in the league alone. <laughs> it's fine which by is, me. Which is crazy. 
and his expected assist is down. He's at two expected assists this year, seven last year, six the year before, five the year before that. He can he'll get to that. He will range. But but that's what I'm saying is that it'll all come together. <clears throat> but anyways. Thank you everybody for listening. Um, if you made it this far, why not quote the tweet or respond to us on the article with your prediction for Jared Bowen's final goals tally in the league and in all competitions this season. Let us know what you think. Um, thank you for listening. As always, you can find us on Twitter at hammering underscore away. You can find us on the internet at hammeringaway.blog. I don't know why that was so hard for me. Is that right? I think so. Why am I forgetting that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Ha- oh, hammering-away.blog. Sorry. that's I knew it was wrong. Hammering-away.blog on the internet. Hammering-away yeah. on TikTok. Might put a bow and TikTok together soon. I was thinking about that today. Um, and hammering-away underscore on Instagram. We will talk to you guys later. See you next week. And peace. Don't forget to tell us about Buck. Alright, Luke. Yeah, low energy for this one. Drop a light, right? I'm just like that. Cause when I spin it, baby, I'ma get it right back. It's an H on my waist, so my pants sag. And when you living like this, fuck a price tag. Told the jeweler, give me right where the ice at. Make a bitch squint when it's hitting with the lights at. And little shorty, she gorgeous, shit mad nice. Yeah, watch the pussies hating when you loving where your life at. In the cut with a knife at. I hit you right back. Got my dogs off the leash and he bite back. So you could back up. I'm stacking money so your pockets never stack up. Showing now, act up. Act stupid. Now everybody show me love like Cupid. Send some check on the shoes, cause I really just do this. I'm too hot to just cool that you knew. Drop a light rack. I'm just like that. Cause when I spin it, baby, I'ma get it right back. It's an H on my waist, so my pants sag. And when you living like this, fuck a price tag. Drop a light rack. I'm just like that. Cause when I spin it, baby, I'ma get it right back. It's an H on my waist, so my pants sag. And when you living like this, fuck a price tag. Uh, uh, yeah.